There's some uh, heavy hitter names in this that went on to become, uh, you know, uh, like Oscar winners. I mean, obviously you've got Robin Williams, but it's like Rami Malek and, you know. Yeah, this is his first thing. Yeah. Yeah, they knew that Rami Malek, when he showed up in the first one, I was like, what? <laughs> and they had him just as like a, a coquettish little like boy prince. Yeah. He doesn't really have any acting to do. He's just yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually Egyptian. Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's got a twin brother, too. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. Wow. He talk, he talks about how um his twin brother was doing like some acting class or something and he's like in college and he swapped in for him and like it was like it was like Twin there was some acting component to some class that he was taking and so his like he went in and did the acting part for his brother for like the final and and like the the professor was sort of onto it and was sort of like <laughs> and then, but they played it off so well that they like they didn't get caught so Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, nice pre-show action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was excellent. I'll be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome to Sequel Harder, where we discuss the great question mark movies and their awful sequels. My name is Dave, and joining me when his tablet is functioning is Eric. Hey, how's it going? And our special guest for this episode is Tyler. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Thank you. Hello. So yeah, today we're talking about the Night at the Museum franchise. Uh, three movies. And Tyler, what is your history with these movies? Uh, no real history other than the, the film that I made about Robin Williams um, ended up intersecting with the, the last one and actually the director of all three, Sean Levy, who we did an interview with for the film and, and at, triumphantly at the end of the interview it, on the on the brink of tears was like, there'll never be another there'll never be another uh, Night at the Museum film because there's no Robin Williams. You oh. can't do these without him. So I was like, wow, that's like, you know, but so I always had like a soft spot for these films. But for the film uh, that we made, it was about the Lou body dementia that Robin had at the end of his life. And so it was interesting is to watch like the first one of these where Robin's really animated and kind of like kind of brings this film, like the grandeur of having an A-list like 90s actor like Supreme in the film. And then to see like where he's at sort of in the third one is like a very diminished version of that. And so it, it's like an interesting way to think about these films for me personally. But it's really fun to look it up through the what you guys were talking about, just the, just the sequelness of it, and like how how that arc plays out. And that's Robin's wish. Yeah, Robin's wish. Okay, yeah. And uh, is that available anywhere? It's available everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've seen it. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. So um, I had never seen these movies before, but I also have a history with Sean Levy. Uh, the first Hollywood movie I ever worked on was the Internship that he directed. Oh damn! Yeah. Owen Wilson, Luke, uh, no, yeah, Owen Wilson, uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and they're like a, like a Google-esque company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they're actually at Google. They, did, though they just name it Google. It was, it's just Google. We filmed it at Google. Well, we filmed part of it at Google. That was the interesting thing because they shot most of it in Atlanta on sound stages, mm. and they had made one building of like the universe, whatever university is there. They transformed the inside to look exactly like the inside of the Google That's campus. Crazy. campus. And then they came out here to shoot exteriors. So we shot like two or three days at Google on, on the campus. And then we shot in San Francisco and wherever else the, the movie takes place in around here, you know, that's fantastic. You have such cool links into like real 
big Hollywood movies. Oh, dude, he's done a ton of like Marvel things. That's what I'm saying. I was just yeah. remembering he just said Spider Man or something at one point or something, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, did, you, you worked on the Matrix, didn't you? I worked the on the last yeah. Matrix. Yeah, like two, three days. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I don't know how this is going to be, and when I came out. I knew. <laughs> Damn. What is the scale of those movies like? Oh my God. It's insane. Like it's, Cause you hear about people talk about craft services. And, the, like, I'm sure the waste on it is but just like the scale of yeah. like what you need to have in order to have crafts. If you have to have craft services, you've already got to have like a hundred people. Wait, but also it's not just craft services cause there's, there's catering as well. Right. So craft services is the table full of food that's on set that you just grab whenever you want. And then there's catering, which yeah. is back at base camp, which is the big truck that's, putting out, you know, sandwiches and breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Cause you know, you get there, you get a meal when you get there, you get a, a lunch. And then if you work, here's the thing, they never, that I've been on them, they never really go overtime like 12 hours and you're done. Cause they know that everybody's rate goes a sky yeah, higher yeah. after that. And so you're, they're really good at, at doing, doing the day. Wow. Dude, the, the most absurd. So I worked a, like very early on when I was doing PA work, I worked on a Apple uh, iPad commercial and they, they re set me on a run to go get, they were like, everyone's, everyone's energy's dragging, man. We need, we need to go pick them up with, with something like something good. So the guy had been from the area, this was in South San Francisco. And he's like, there's this place that sells amazing deviled eggs. He, it's called the Dutch goose. And he's like, I need you to pick up a gross of de like a deviled eggs. So I go pick these up and I did bring you know them back. Gross was oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But so I went and, <laughs> picked them up and then we came back and and we put up the eggs out and this is probably by the time i got back to the traffic and stuff from the south bay like I, there was probably like 30 minutes left in the day and uh, everybody just looked at this and like i want fucking eggs and the, so they just everyone left so out of out of uh, all the eggs there was probably like 80 90 left so i just ended up taking home like just big oh. trays of it it was such a waste <laughs> and, it, and i remember the the producer of it was so mad <laughs> like why did you buy all these eggs that reminds me, I was working on it. I was PAing at a commercial down in LA. It was for Kmart and they had this big mechanical hippopotamus. Long story. Because the shark died. I've told the story on the show before. But they wanted to make it look wet, right? Because it's supposed to be in the pool in the, in the backyard of this family home. And so like, all right, go out and find me literally as much clear hair gel as you can get. I'm like, okay. So I just went to drugstores and yeah. wherever and I just bought the big tubs of hair gel and I get back and I think they eat I don't even know if they used any of it, you know? It's such a waste, dude, yeah. But I had hair gel for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't cool. like the idea of somebody's like, the energy's dragging, we need deviled eggs. Yeah. Like, that's just like, no one's ever thought that other and then, than this, this was, Yeah, this was like the production, the production <laughs> manager came up with this last one. He didn't, he didn't clear it with egg. anybody. He was just sort of like, he was like, just go get these eggs. He, a, he was like from the area and that was like his, like, fa like his family's like favorite He thought he was going to save the day. He yeah. was like, this is going to be yeah. the move. He was, a, he was a great guy. He was hilarious, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> such a, not a great decision. It's a very specific ask. Yeah. <laughs> Now I want to try that the next time. Hey, everybody, everybody yeah. energy's dragging. We need deviled eggs. <laughs> there was a joke I saw online about like, you know, regular eggs. Ooh, more than two. That's a lot. Deviled eggs. I can eat 14 of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so, Eric, what is your history with this? I had only ever seen the third movie. Yeah. Um, randomly, it was just on TV. And uh, I had, you know, really small kids at the time. So, and they were sort of just, you know, they like skeletons and all sorts of things on like, so they were just transfixed on it and. And so I was just sort of following that story. And then, but it's weird because it's like, it, it, it leans heavy into the backstory of the first two movies. And so I was just sort of like at a loss. I'm like, what are they, what are they talking about? <laughs> What's oh, wow. going on? But, well, that's true. They just kind of, they build on it. Every yeah, day. they do. Yeah. All right. So we begin with Night at the Museum that came out in 2006, directed by, as we said, Sean Levy, 
we mentioned he directed all three of these, The Internship, uh, Real Steel, and Free Guy, which Free Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, when we were actually, this is a fun little Hollywood story. So when we when interviewed him on the Fox lot, his assistant was like running around with like a little headpiece on and like a just a blue call. He was just like, does anybody need water? Does everybody have water? If you need yeah. water, I'm your water guy. And like the whole thing. But I remember at one point he disappeared and like somebody else came out who, and he was like, oh, he is, he's taking care of um, Ryan Reynolds people because they're going to come in after you guys finish with their thing. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm like in Hollywood. <laughs> that, that movie sat on like uh, the shelf for a little bit before they released it. it yeah. It was really good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. It was, when, when were you interviewing? Oh, this was 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh, right. It came out in like 2021. But they've yeah. done a ton of movies together. Like Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds work really closely on other things yeah. i was surprised that new uh, apple film that came out where it's like ryan reynolds and um it's, oh. a, it's a christmas film yeah yeah with, spirited yeah spirited, oh, spirited. but i was yeah, surprised yeah. that sean levy wasn't involved in some way because i thought that they'd actually had like a partnership or something oh like, maybe the yeah, way yeah. that they were yeah maybe. real real steel is solid too though it is yeah. we're like two degrees from ryan reynolds that's awesome yeah <laughs> let's <laughs> talk about ryan reynolds. <laughs> so it had a budget of 110 million dollars what do you think it made in the u.s oh i i know because <laughs> very proudly yeah. uh, Sean Levy was letting us know like some of the chronology of the film but it definitely topped a billion dollars globally really that's what I hear huh uh interesting because for all maybe for all of them or yeah I would say all of them oh, Christopher I, Columbus is involved with this too who's like the yeah, Harry yeah. Potter guy yeah right? and so it's right. like I was pretty sure that I heard a billion dollars was like the idea that this movie and like globally had like gotten very close to that if not hit it uh, but well, it sounds like there's alternative information. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, okay, so the, my source is boxofficemojo.com. That's all I got. And they say it grossed $250 million in the U.S. and Oh, it must have been billion dollars for the 323 franchise. international. Yeah, yeah. So it's only like 600 in Which I mean, worldwide. a billion dollars for a fran- for three billion dollar franchise. franchise yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, like, uh, it's like when that's you start, you, start yeah. you get to be like, I'm the, I'm the Trace Commas guy. Like it's, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I'm still talking about Yeah. And the IMDb synopsis is a newly recruited night security guard at the Museum of Natural History discovers that an ancient curse causes the animals and exhibits on display to come to life and wreak havoc. Now, see, that's that's a weird curse because nothing's cursed about it. Yeah, it's like a positive thing. Everybody loves it. It's right, like nothing, right, right. nothing bad comes of it. Like, yeah. the, but if it comes from ancient Egypt, it's a curse, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're only cursed there. Yeah. So our, our uh, security guard is Larry Daly, played by Ben Stiller. And his love interest is Rebecca, played by Carly Gugino. Back to her uh, mummy days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Carly Gugino, not not Rachel Weisz. I always get them confused. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Dr. McPhee, the, uh, he runs the museum, is played by Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And uh, we got Dick Van Dyke, Mickey Rooney, and Bill Cobbs as the outgoing security guards who know the secret. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. That guy. We just had him in uh, Dick Tracy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Teddy Roosevelt, played by Robin Williams. And Erica Daly, who is uh, Larry's ex-wife, is played by Kim Raver, who I always loved from 24. Who just disappears from this franchise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, and it's funny, the, the whole fan, it's like the whole first setup of this movie, it's like, they always, like, did he have, did Ben Starr's character have, he didn't have like a love interest in this, did he? Like, I think Carly Gugino. A little yeah, bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. So it's like, they obviously had to be like, well, we want him to have a kid. But he also needs to be single. So it's like, so we're just going to make him a divorced yeah. like husband. <laughs> so, yeah. So he starts out the movie as like he, the guy. It's kind of like Weird Al from UHF. He's like the the lovable dreamer who can't hold down a real job. Yeah. You know? And so at the last, I guess, he, just to, to be able to have his kid come over, I think, is the reason he gets the, the job. It was so, he, he, he's going to get kicked out of his apartment. He's going to get kicked yeah, out of his apartment. That's right. And so, and his, his wife, his ex-wife is like, come on, man, you can't hold down a steady job. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Right. So he gets this nice security job and uh, the guards are like, hey, have fun. You know, <laughs> and they just leave without telling him anything. It's, well, they give him the, they oh, give they the give document. The, the that doc- he's yeah. yeah. It's kind of a weird formula to this in like compared to other movies where all of a sudden, like the, everything comes to life in the museum within the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Right. It's like, and he, and he spends the whole first night just like kind of like figuring things out. But it's like, normally you feel like, like there's more of a surprise to him finding out. It's like, nope. It's like he's, as soon as he gets hired within like five minutes, it's like, okay, everything's alive. Here you go. Like <laughs> jump in and take care this yeah i did find myself pausing the movie at that point and just being like oh, okay so they got to get this done by this point so that they can set these yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. like a little bit of that where it was like rushing right into this is a conceit he's, he's gonna get everything at wrong yeah. at first yeah. it's and the, the, he's not gonna follow the paperwork yeah right 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 <laughs> and dick van dyke's at like a party or something like that being yeah. like, sorry i can't help you what's going on <laughs> yeah so what do you think of ricky gervais in this? or ricky gervais in general I think it's one of his poorer performances, yeah. but like he still livens it up quite a bit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think they let him be himself very much. Which was really weird because everybody else was like dialed, like themselves dialed up to 11. Right. Like Ben Stiller was doing his whole meet the parents shtick of like, yeah. just shut up. Hey, Jack, double talking everything. Like, and then Robin Williams was just like off the wall, like well, diving Rooney's into like, that character. Hey, lunchbox. Hey, sack shack. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah. it's just like he just, you just, you just see them being like, just keep going, Mickey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then of course, Owen Wilson and. and oh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Oh yeah, the the Steve Coogan, Steve Coogan, it's Octavius, yeah. and yeah. Billy the Kid, yes, yeah. little tiny guys, and they're just yeah. They give them a lot of time to just sort of like riff and come up with funny things to say. And that's the thing. This is probably a lot of ad lib in this. I would yeah. think. but then yeah, but then it seemed like uh, Ricky Gervais was sort of constrained. Like he just didn't really. Like... Yeah, and it's the weird thing was is I mean his character was supposed to be hateful, and so you don't want you don't yeah. want to like him. And a lot of his characters are like that. And I get the feeling like I loved back in the day. I loved the original Office. I loved his stand up. I listened to his podcast for a while until he put it behind a paywall, and then nobody listens <laughs> to it. <laughs> did, you, did you ever follow any of the stuff, the, the Idiot Abroad stuff? I did. I watched some of that. Oh man, yep. that's great. Like he he had a he had like a talk show, and he had this guy on named Carl. Yeah, and uh, Carl was just like the salt of the earth, like British guy, mm. and just never never really traveled out of his area. Area and he always had these like weird sort of like, you know, very British thoughts on things. And so that him and Stephen Merchant uh, was the other guy. They, they paid for this guy, Carl, to like go around the world and go to China and to like Mongolia and Africa and all these places. And he's just like complaining about everything because yeah. it's not England, you know? Yeah. And so it's called Idiot Abroad. For it's their like, own like amusement? Oh yeah. They thought it was hilarious. And then they would do things like they would send him to China and they'd be like, they'd book him in this like like not even a hotel. It's just like staying in someone's house. And so, and they, they don't speak English. It's like, <laughs> was it Conan has a guy like that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, right, yeah, right. yeah. Jordan. Rich, yeah. Yeah. Jordan. Whatever it is. He like, he yeah. takes him somewhere and goes, look at this idiot react to things. It's yeah. that's exactly like that. But then this guy is like, whereas Jordan tries to be like very cultured. Right. And, like, this guy is just sort of like, all I want to do is eat my monster mash chips and like, <laughs> He doesn't like the local cuisine. He gets annoyed by the local people. Did you just make like, up monster mash chips? No. That's a real that's thing? A, that's a thing. Yeah. Like the monster mash dance, but chips? I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. They have like these, chi- these like flavored chips in England called like monster mash or something. And there's like, like different flavors based on like different like creatures or something. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So merchant and, and, uh, what's the, the idiot's name again? Uh, Car- it's a Carl. Carl. Yeah. yeah. They were, they were all on the, the podcast. Yeah. Well. And yeah. so basically the podcast was them just ripping on Carl the whole time. And yeah. He was an idiot. And then they just turned it into the TV show. So that's the thing is I loved Ricky Gervais back in the day. Now when I see him in this or something else, I'm like, Ooh, he's just an ass. You know, he's just mm. an asshole to everybody. I'm like, I don't I know. liked him in the one where he's not, he's, he's like questioning or he becomes God or something. Or, or it's like to tell the truth or something. Whatever or, that was. Or, that yeah. was great. Yeah. I, think we're, we're, thing, I was just thinking about yeah. why I didn't like him in this. I think it's because he's not supposed to be 
much smarter or smarter in general. Like he's supposed to be kind of like the the leader, but not smart because right. actually Ben Stiller is the one who like knows eventually yeah. knows what's really going on. And he's and I think Ricky Gervais like. He does his best when he just plays like a smart asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like if, but I don't think it would have worked. And I think they probably thought about that. Like if, mm-hmm. if Ricky Gervais plays like he's so much more intelligent than than Ben Stiller, then it won't work because then your hero is kind of being belittled to the point where like yeah. you agree too much with Ricky Gervais's like criticisms. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I think, I think they were like, you have to be like an asshole, but kind of be like, you don't really know what's going on. And I think he probably like was like. How yeah. do I play that? Like, how do yeah, I they pretend like I don't a lot know to work. He's kind of a two-dimensional character in that first movie. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. He, which is like. Like, you're here I, to be the boss, the ass, and get out. Like, yeah. Was he not a big star by that point? Because oh, it feels shit. like he could have, like, been like. 06? Pro- probably that. not over here. I mean, he probably was. He, I mean, obviously, the, the original office had been around for years. but it, Oh, but yeah, he wasn't yeah. going to be. But, really I mean, no, nobody really over here really knew him, so. But, yeah, I really enjoy Ricky Gervais. And I also yeah. liked him on uh, Comedians in Cars. I thought he was fantastic. It's just, like, himself. Yeah. Yeah, so everything comes alive. We got we got Robin Williams as uh, Th- Theodore Roosevelt. We got the dinosaur, which they're like that the, was the first thing on the instructions. Is just like use the bone, yeah, to yeah. fetch toy or whatever. The visual effects on this were not bad for 06. They no, were, amazing. They were, yeah, the only thing I'll say is some of the green. The first movie, the green screen work is terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the the actual animated like skeletons and stuff were fine, but then like the the miniature work they did with rather than doing like forced perspective or something, they did like mm. green screen, and it like it looked very flat and terrible. Like there was a couple things where you have the uh, cowboys fighting the yep. Romans. Yeah, yeah. And I remember actually like I didn't pause it, but I like did a quick scan of the entire scene, and I was like, oh wow, they really did like because it's a bunch of assets, yeah. and you could tell they just sort of like mushed just it in, popped there. them all yeah. in, yeah, yeah. Just stacked on top of each other. They're like it's about numbers in this scene. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to know why like the museum isn't completely in tatters every morning. <laughs> I thought that immediately as soon as the dinosaur picks up the desk and throws it across yeah. the room, like. This is like a cleanup crew that's got to be there for. Wait, no wonder they're going bankrupt. It's yeah. like, <laughs> and then on the, the third one, on the third it? one, um, there's like they fly a plane through like this big Schlangos window, and I was like, well, they're not fixing that in the morning, no. right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like there wasn't Notre Dame's taking like six years to fix, like yeah. it's like the stained glass broke. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one of just like, oh, it's just like uh, everything goes back to normal. I can't even remember what happens in these movies. It's just like it's it is sort of the start... same formula over yeah. and over again, just a different location. Like, and this is my first time with you guys. How do you think about, I mean, just as like the general arc of this like concept that you guys put together, it's like, you must have seen this play out. Like there's either uh, trilogies where they build the story up, like, like different things happen. The story gets bigger. The world gets bigger. Or it's like, you just go, it's our same lovable characters here to do it all again, but this time bigger or like this franchise actually reminds me a lot of the hangover franchise Okay, to where, to where it's the, the first and second movie are literally the same thing over again. Yeah. It's just a different location. They're like, okay, cool. We did Vegas. Now we got to do Thailand. It's like, and then, then after the second one, they're like, well, we can't do the same story again. Like, so it's new location, but we're going to build by going back to the first movie and building something. It's like, which is exactly what they did with this, which is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It so. hints at being out of ideas. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. right. Cause I was like, I, I, whenever I think about trilogy, I always go back to star Wars mm-hmm. and I'm always like the second one. And then, and then you think about like the Terminator and you're like the second one. And it, it's like, cause the cool thing is that the first one gets out of the way. Like this is the world. The these world are, building, these are the yeah. laws. These are the rules. This is the mythos. Right. And then it's like, and now you can just jump into the second one ready to rock. Yeah. And like, and they can take this thing into like a whole new place. And then the third one can, you know what, but like, it feels like that they didn't do that. The second movie also. Like, Let's do it again. The second movie also gets to rely on like like callback gags. That's, yeah, but yeah. Well, that's kind of so, cool. yeah. Yeah, so, they, they, there's like the everything's been laid. Exactly. You can sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the thing with these movies. It's like an amazing cast of people who are all super talented with humor that's not meant for me. Yeah. 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 That's the hard part is that they, they really... They really aimed for a lower, like not, they didn't do the Pixar thing. They didn't do like the, the, the jokes that only adults would get right. mixed in with like the kids stuff. Like so you would think at a museum of history, you would, you'd be able to throw some of those adult jokes yeah. in, but they just don't. There's some really, like there's one where like somebody's getting carried out or somebody's like running away from somebody and like Owen Wilson's characters are like, see you later, stinky pants. And it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like that's I'm, what they're I'm going sure, like, for. Like you and yeah. your kids, like your kids would be like, "Oh, see yeah. you later, stinky yeah. pants." You'd be like, "No, no, no you can just no. teach my kids this. Like this yeah. is all we're doing." Whereas there's other things that, like, if they remade this now, it's like I doubt there'd be the whole Christopher Columbus character, mm. which I'm sure was a, a gag to Chris Columbus and his 1492 yeah, pictures. Pass it off, yeah. It's a, yeah, but it's like now it's like people are like, "I don't want to watch someone with Christopher Columbus." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and there was a few other things that were like some some jokes where I was like, ooh, that, that's not. Well, okay. Um, a lot of times when Ben Stiller will be like imitating the different like like the Mongolian people. Oh, or, yeah. oh no. And he's just like making up like. I was like, oh, man, you can't do that anymore. Like, Yeah. There's a lot of that. It even carries over to the third one with like who's the character who plays the Pharaoh kind of the bad character in that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Kingsley. Yeah. No, 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 no. The bad one is what's his name? You're talking about the second movie. The. Oh yeah, the second one. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's uh, but he's from the uh, Simpsons. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. So Hank Azaria is <laughs> he's doing like an Egyptian thing. Yeah, he's already got like the, the sea of yeah. you know, like oh that I, drifts. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, like it started just, to become. And like, then he actually plays Abraham Lincoln in that in that thing. He's yeah. like doing this voice for that, and I was just like, <laughs> they're just they're just, it's just, that's one of the things where you when they pitch this in a in a in a meeting. It sounds awesome, except for like, there's this like, well, what are, how are we going to make all these different cultures from around the world sound funny, but also not yeah, be like yeah. offensive? Like, but, but I mean, Azaria's accent drifted. It started out. Oh like, yeah, yeah. It started out like Egyptian, then became English, then became like some hybrid, like it was <laughs> all like over the place. Partially uh, his character from Mystery Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The spoons guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue Raja. Blue Raja. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We we did that movie as a failed uh, sequel. Was that gonna yeah. have? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it like the Pee Wee Herman character? Yeah, in that Paul one? Rubens. Paul yeah. Rubens is fantastic, yeah. and even um, Spleen. Who's yeah. the woman? The woman. Uh, Claire G- Ferrari. No, the short short woman oh. who like. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, what's her name? The bowler, where yeah, she, yeah. Janine Garofalo. Janine, Janine Garofalo. I was yeah. like, oh, she was. I mean, that movie. I was like, this movie's awesome. Yeah, I remember, yeah. like, as a, as a teenager, whenever that thing came out, being like, I fucking stand with this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. There was a lot of great parts of that movie. It yeah. turns out, as we went through the trivia, like the director hated making it, and it was so much <laughs> conflict on set that it's like the movie as a whole story doesn't really gell, and that's why <laughs> yeah didn't really do do so well. Well, it's it's Ben Stiller. Janine Garofalo and the director all had a different idea of what the comedy should be. And so they were all putting in different types of jokes. And so it just, that's why it just seems like a complete mismatch of like, it was great styles to of me. Comedy. Like yeah. it landed so well like, for me at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always interesting though. When you find out like everyone's like never coming back to that. Yeah. 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 So I don't even remember what the climax of this movie is. They just got to get everything back together before it opens. Pretty much. Got to save. Well, cause the, 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 uh, the, 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 you find out that uh, Dick Van Dyke is the bad guy and he's trying right. to steal the he's tablet. To steal and they yeah. capture him in central park. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Because it was keeping those guys young. Older. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which seemed like a weird, like that's something you feel like you work into like the second or third movie. That was a weird arc. Yeah. For the, for the first one. Especially because they come back to Dick Van Dyke. And, and then all of a sudden he's like a good guy. And yeah. he's like, hey, man, sorry, sorry I got you guys arrested. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad my political collection, uh, connections cleared that up and got you out of prison. It's like, what? Like, 
Yeah. Anything else on the the story arc of this first? Yeah, like, completely underused. Rami Malek. I mean, right. Mm. I mean, not that he was anybody at the time, but it's you know, but he just sort of like stood around, smile. He didn't. That one he didn't come around until like they released him two yeah, thirds of the they, way movie. Yeah, because they needed to fix the tablet or yeah. do something or yeah, yeah, exactly. He kind of rumbled everything. So what's everybody's like? What's the what's your favorite part of this first one? Like, was there something that stuck out to you where you're like, oh, this was actually. I really enjoyed that thing. I think to me, it was just Mickey Rooney's insults. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. you're right. That is great. That was worth it. That was, that was probably the only time I laughed during this movie <laughs> was just his, he just like, just it's goes like, after it. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 That's nice. I think I felt the same way. So, uh, I have a particular bent for complaining about people doing accents badly in movies. Yeah. So I usually, I have a Dave's accent corner. I usually pick on someone either doing a good or bad accent. And I mm. just, for this one, I just wrote nothing matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. You, you got yeah, yeah. Steve Coogan is a Roman. Right. <laughs> it just sort of plays. It like, yeah. You got the Egyptian stuff. You got yeah. what? Just like whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a kids' movie. Who cares? <laughs> and and Owen Wilson with his uh, like Western accent. Yep. It's really just his. Oh wow! Just him. Yeah, it's just him. Yeah. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson were only on set together for one day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess a lot of Owen Wilson stuff was just all, was all green screen, yeah. yeah, added in later stuff, so. All right. Oh, I love how this guy, Attila the Hun, is played by just some white dude. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Patrick Gallagher. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> I did not think that. All right. Is there, is there any, other, any other crazy castings like that? I mean, obviously, um, Brandon Malick, is, you said, is Egyptian, but. Brandon Malick's fine. Uh, I mean, I like the Charlie Murphy's in this. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> What was he? He's oh, the, the taxi, taxi driver. driver That's yeah. right. I, for, I I forgot there's a whole portion of this movie where they leave the museum. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think I watched this four days ago. I've forgotten the entire movie. Yeah. Well, they they all they're, they're too similar. They all blend yeah. together. Like like you said, Tyler Vinigo was like talking about the third one. I was like, <laughs> right. That's the second movie. <laughs> all right, uh, Eric. What do you rate this? Oh, man, um, I'd have to go between a six and a seven. Six point five, something like that. It's not terrible. It's uh, like it's just mm. not my humor. So it's like, it's not anything I would ever watch again. It's like, maybe if my kids forced me to watch it, I'd watch it. But it's not anything where I'm like, hey, man, I want to check out that franchise again. Yeah. Same here. I'm at a six. Yeah. Same, same thing. It just didn't really hit me. I appreciate the, the people and I appreciate the... That's the only reason I would, good special I would effects, take it to you know? yeah, seven, yeah. Tyler, what's your... Yeah, I'll go like, I'll go six, five, something yeah. like that. Now the question becomes... Oh, is there any reveal? You talked about like what asking how much we thought it raised and some of these things. Yeah, we got that. So now we're going to do, Eric, you're going to guess what the IMDb rating is. So we always talk about how the Rotten Tomatoes is always the critics, but then, which is what a lot more critical of a movie of like, you know. Like, That's an interesting thing. And, and whereas the IMDb now. score is people, well, most people are like, I love this movie. I'm going to give it like an eight or a nine. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like the, the IMDb's tend to be a little bit higher. Um, I'm going to say for this one, it was 7.8. 6.4. Okay. Oh, that's pretty close to okay, pretty close, we, yeah. yeah. Tyler, what do you think Rotten Tomatoes is? Mm. Out of 100. So the cool thing is Robert, Rotten Tomatoes now breaks it up uh, between critics and yes, audience do, yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. But this, is, is the is number... The critic score. Is the critic score? Yeah. Uh, I'll go uh, 80%. Like Which it, it might be because it's... It's more like half. <laughs> no 40, way. Oh, 44. Oh, really? <laughs> See, I thought that, I thought given, wow. this is like one of those movies where like, you know, like a news reviewer would be like, oh, the cast was great. It was a solid story. Like, cause again, that, that just comes down to whether they liked it or not. And then just like an aggregate of that, like, 
But mm. most people liked it. Most of the reviewers liked it. I just feel like the critics do a pretty good job of understanding, like, this is a particular type of movie. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the three of us, if we have, on a Saturday night, are not going to go see <laughs> this movie, right? Like, but we might be more likely to, like, be critical of something that, yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm not, I'm not critical of the movie. I just, yeah, I just don't enjoy it. But, the, like, because yeah. we understand what it's trying to do. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, six, seven, something like that. Yeah. Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, came out in 2009. With a budget of 150 million, which is let's see, the first one was 110. What do you think the gross US is? Probably not as high as the first one. I feel like no. it's going to start tapering off. So the first one was um, 250. First one, so the, the, you're talking about the domestic? Yeah. So the first one was 250, 210. What do you think? I'll go 175. Very good, 177. Yeah. What was the budget? Well, 150. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's you're not usually great. not going to yeah. get a third movie no. at that point. Yeah. Long. You need you need right. to at least <laughs> double the the budget. Yeah. This is what I learned because it's all about the advertising. Right. So that's like the making of the thing. But your advertising budget, this that means that it likely it probably was a hundred million dollars just to advertise. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. This time, IMDb synopsis is: Security guard Larry Daly infiltrates the Smithsonian Institution in order to rescue Jedediah and Octavius, who have been shipped to the museum by mistake. <laughs> this is one of those classic things where like they, they amp up so the your scale. hangover <laughs> it is, like, it is, yeah. where else do we go <laughs> what other museums yeah. are close enough by this is, yeah. and this is probably around the same time as like National Treasure and he's yeah. fucking around with the Smithsonian oh but you know what as a little aside to this that I do remember from my Robin Williams research for the film that we did museums from around the world started courting 1492 oh, and really? all these people to be like, the next do one. it about our thing, do it about our thing. Oh. And they were like, eh, 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 yeah. you know, and so all of a sudden they started getting all these like subsidies from countries who were like, if you do, if you do it about the, you know, the Be Beijing museum or something, like we'll give you like your, like, or put like artifacts from our stuff inside of the museum or it was like a publicity thing. Basically yeah. what they saw is that like the New York museum, like the attendance went way up after oh, this. Yeah. And so then they were like, well, I expected a dinosaur bone yeah. running around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so that was the thing with like, with the second one, I, I, there was, there was an interview that I saw with, um, Sean Levy, where he was like saying, like, we had the real responsibility for the second one. Like, we thought maybe we would go blah, blah, blah. But that's why they end up doing the British Museum for the third one is because I believe there were some subsidies and things involved that like they actually Makes sense, yeah. they helped them get the film made. Okay. Which I, mean, I guess if you're, if you've already done the, the New York Museum, it's like the only way up from that is like the National Museum in Washington, D.C. Right. And then you're not going to go do some, you know, small museum in the Midwest. Or something. <laughs> the MoMA. Yeah. yeah. It's like two, two rooms to it. Yeah. My, my girlfriend's from Nebraska, small town. In Nebraska, and we were out there several years ago visiting, and their town, which literally has like 400 people in it, has a museum of the town or maybe of the county. Yeah, and we went in there, and it, I mean, it's like you know, pioneering old. West is is it like stuff. that episode of The Simpsons where it's like the the old Springfield <laughs> Museum, where it's just like two rooms in a exactly. in a house? Yeah, right. Like here's the town charter. Yeah. <laughs> End of story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, and please please donate ten dollars. Right. Yeah, so we have uh, most of the original characters come back, and then we have Amelia Earhart, played by Amy Adams, Kamun Ra, as played by Hank Azaria, as we mentioned before, Ivan Terrible, played by Christopher Guest. Love hmm. Christopher Guest. Yeah. And uh, John Bernthal shows up as Al Capone. Which was so weird. Yeah. He belongs in Dick Tracy, really. He does, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for him just yeah. And Bill Hader plays uh, was it the customer? Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you don't want to really want to pick nits with the plot of the movie because who cares? <laughs> but like, why are they sending wax figures to the National History Museum? There's just there's no historical value to a representation. <laughs> well, what is it? Uh, uh, Ricky Gervais goes, "We're putting them in deep storage in the Federal Archive." Or, oh, like yeah. you're just kind of like, is that a what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
deep storage in the Federal Archive. Yeah, that's what they care about is a wax. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Unless he's wearing Roosevelt's actual clothes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even then, they're just like toss the body in a bin and keep the clothes. (laughs) Uh, By now, you know, in the first movie, Larry was just a loser couldn't Mm. keep a job now he's this tv infomercial yeah what the hell was that selling yeah that's uh so he can't he comes up with basically security guard glow and yeah everything he learned on how to like keep the museum running is now like a keychain that like is even better than your keychain yeah and george foreman he has george foreman i know that that actually was kind of funny the the whole george foreman exchange yeah where it was like so terribly scripted and just like obviously on the nose so I guess the overarching story is they're sending a bunch of this stuff, including the tablet, to the Smithsonian. Mm. And, of course, the tablet's presence is going to wake up a bunch of stuff at the Smithsonian, and now they have to f- go and fix that. Okay, what's your read? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there we go. We can recap that one. <laughs> the whole Hank Azaria thing is just that that whole character was just so boring to me. I don't know what he expected. I mean, obviously, he was going to open the underworld and then have a bunch of, like, dead soldiers <laughs> come out. But, but then, but then the, the Abraham Lincoln statue just knocks the shit out of them and they run back inside and i'm like, like wait i'm like they see a gun yeah no that's literally my thought was, was like all it takes is the u.s military and they'll just mow those guys like two police officers yeah, exactly. <laughs> such a terrible plot <laughs> and then you got all the guys fighting over who's going to be in charge whether it's like al capone oh, yeah. and, mm. yeah. and for some reason all the al capone gangsters are black and white yeah because everyone was in black and white back yeah yeah <laughs> I like the little, uh, uh, little Einstein yeah. bobblehead. That was great. Oh, he was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the, the whole Amelia Earhart thing, that was just such a weird forced love interest. Like, for uh, no reason, she's just, like, attracted to him and, like, obsessed with him. And you're like, why? Yeah, and then she's <laughs> got to do her Lois Lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At one point, you just—he's just sort of like, "Please stop talking like this. This is annoying me." And I feel like he was speaking for all of the audience, right? I was like, just stop this shtick. It's not funny. It's not good. But uh, I guess so, so. Hank Azaria plays the the Rami Malek's brother, oh, his older older brother who was passed over for running the kingdom. Ah, he got stepped over. Yeah, which they don't even reference him in the third movie. All of a sudden, no. they, they talk about how like, oh, like Ben Kingsley's like, oh, you were born, and I never wanted to lose you, and it's like. Like, well, now I see why bitter, how bitter he was in the second movie. His, like, younger brother just gets all the attention. That's the way it always is. Yeah. You're, you're doing that to your kids, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Completely yeah, ignoring yeah. the yeah. elder one. Yeah, junk it out of here. <laughs> so there's a couple of, like, movie references that I thought were kind of fun in this. I guess when Caesar's running through the grass and they just keep cutting to him running through the grass, it's like... Oh, yeah. It's like uh, John Cleese from the Holy Grail running yeah, up yeah, the yeah. castle. Although they played that joke a lot in these movies where it was like the, everything would seem so grand to the miniature people yeah, and then it would cut out and it would be like yeah. so minuscule and just like <laughs> silent. Yeah, they have their big like last stand and there was it him and the cowboy are like slicing and dicing or something and then you cut to like the wide shot and they're just like poking with like toothpicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, which oh the green screen on that was terrible. Oh. They were like doing the the three hundred style esque yeah, yeah like battle with the feet yeah. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like they just needed more ideas because some of these ideas are really interesting. They are, yeah. Like it's yeah. a fun like you could do that could be like a really cherished like beautiful thing. Like oh they're going into like the special space where yeah, like yeah. it's like these little guys fighting, but then it actually it's not. But like they they just kept using. Well, yeah, they just kept recycling the ideas from the previous movies and yeah. like well yeah, and then making minor adjustments and maybe an extra scene or two that's different. Right. For some reason, I don't like why is Hank Azaria so jacked? Did you see the size of his arms? <laughs> no. Wow. I, I think like, he lives that way though. I'm sure he does. Because like yeah. in the birdcage, remember he plays like the little like, oh, right. dancer? Jacked. He's yeah. jacked in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My what the mullinness. Yeah. <laughs> he does he had a great TV show um where he played a baseball announcer 
who uh, oh yeah yeah what like, was uh it's like it was his, his it, last name yeah. was the name of the show but it's uh that was that was a good three three four season tv show where he's like he, he plays like at the beginning of the episode of the series he's like a um like a baseball announcer for like the Cardinals or something. But then he like finds out his wife's cheating on him. And so he like gets drunk during a broadcast and then like rants about his wife's like sexual exploits. And then, and then he ends up being fired. So then he just bums around Southeast Asia and like, as like a drug addict, this is a TV show. This is a TV show. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, like some minor league team hires him to be their announcer. And he like and he has to crawl his way, has to crawl, really? crawl his way back up. To, oh like, my the God. Major. It's actually pretty good. Uh, it's Brockmire. Brockmire. Right? Yeah. Wow. So they just stole that whole thing for uh, Eastbound. And <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's got this great sort of Brockmire like way that he, he, and he always talks like that, even off the air. He's, everything is always like, like, all right now. <laughs> Was it Harry Carey or whatever? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's just who he was. Yeah, or like the guy from um, Saturday Night Live who's like, "Isn't this weird?" Oh, is this? Like, yeah, well, that, that, like, that, that was guy, he just talked. Yeah, like that. that was Harry Carey. Yeah, when um, when when he would do the impression of Harry, Carey, it was Dana Carvey doing. No, Harry no, Carey. that's right. But I'm saying the actual announcer for Saturday Night Live. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, Bill Pardo or whatever. Bill Don Pardo. Pardo. Yeah, Don Pardo. Don yeah. Pardo. Yeah, but that's just how he said. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like amazing <laughs> when you have these people who have these like iconic like intonations of yeah. it. I don't know, they just walk around doing that well they, they probably learned like that because a lot of those old callback to like what's called like the transatlantic Ooh. like accent which is like some sort of like hybrid between english and and like british english and american english and mm. it was like they would teach broadcasters how to speak like that so that way it was like easily to uh, like identify and recognizable from like any culture to, like, oh, right. right everyone like, can understand everyone can understand it, to it, it yeah. and all so the they actors. just sort of spoke like this like very slow and very yeah yeah very enunciated. Yeah, <laughs> I like that as a touch point on history. <laughs> make a document. Oh. Make a documentary about yeah, that. Like, that's <laughs> fascinating. The transatlantic uh, accent. <laughs> the transatlantic. Yeah, I think. I think they still teach that in some broadcasting. In like, well, they have like, a current yeah. thing where it's like you're supposed to sound like you're from like Wisconsin or something. It's yeah, like you're, like, yeah, like you're yeah. supposed to sound like you're from neither coast nor yeah, 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 the South, American, and you're yeah. supposed to be like yeah. But it is the idea of like washing away any sort of like identifiable yeah. touch point to your yeah. rock. But it's interesting because the the transatlantic one would make me feel like you could also be at home like in a British household. Yeah, yeah there's like yeah. enough there where they're like, oh, this guy gets it. Everybody it's, back then, everybody used to get their news like in the movie theaters. So yeah. it was all it was just one reel shipped around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were like, and out in the twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was this like uh, yeah, yeah. on the end of every <laughs> sing song way of speaking. Yeah. or it's like John Lithgow, like. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. he he kind of does that, and like that's why he was so good as Churchill in the Crown. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and yet he's American, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, oh yeah. So for my accent thing, I said I, I love everything Hank Azaria does, even if it's culturally inappropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was the first movie filmed in the Smithsonian. Oh, very cool. Has there been any since then? Uh, very unlikely. No. <laughs> Maybe. Who Maybe. knows? You know, nat uh, National Treasure, right? Yeah. Oh, we, we, I don't know. That's. It takes place in the Smithsonian. I don't know if it, yeah, it filmed it. Should, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were going to actually steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're actually going to, um, they're making another one of those. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, 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 with yeah, with Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Nick Cage is just a savage. He's, he's making a full triumphant. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's was, stormed the gates and come through the. What was that uh, unbearable be uh, light? Rating, being, or, yeah. yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And then the pig one and whatever it was he's right. doing. He's just doing himself to the point where it's like, now you just have to get out of the way and embrace it. He's going to make a whole career out of just playing himself. Like, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, on his he's on his way from going to like, like he'll be Christopher Walken, but 
having had an A-list Hollywood career yeah, yeah, like yeah. before that, and then he'll just be Christopher Walken for 20 years, where we all just go, hey, just let him do his thing. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's nice when you can get to that point in your acting career. When you get to that point where it's like anybody else, like like like, like uh like you know, everyone picks on like Keanu Reeves and the way he speaks. Mm. I'm like, well, what's different than about like Christopher Walken? It's like he's got a really weird way of speaking, and his acting is like uh, like uh, like objective. If you look at it, you're like, it's not great, but it's like, <laughs> but it works for him. It's like, so what do we uh, what do we rate this thing? Uh, Tyler, you go first. Oh, I'm gonna give this a seven one. I still think it benefits from being a sequel where they didn't have to rehash. Every, they didn't have to explain to you everything. They yeah. could kind of just jump into something and then make it bigger. I'm going to come down slightly to a six. Okay. Just solid six. I'm going to, I'm going to um, sort of reveal here that I, I believe all three of these movies just are flat at about six, six points. Yeah. I can not terrible, but they're just like, right. there's nothing that defines them. It's yeah. like, yeah. I came down to a five just because I think I was getting a little tired of this. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Especially if you watch these in any sort of like yeah. time space. Like if you were like, oh, I watched all three of them in three days. It's like, oh, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No one should have to go through that. Because yeah. it's like if you watch them like when they came out, like two years apart, it's like, oh, yeah. This is that back to the that future awesome. where you're like excited yeah. to get to the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this time, Tyler, you guessed the IMDb. Okay. Out of 10. Oh, uh, I'll say six. Perfect. All right. Exactly right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, they probably came up a little bit. I'm going to say 58%. 44%. Yes. Oh, man. You're good. (laughs) Did you research this? (laughs) They did come up 1%. Uh, 1%. Oh, man. Hey, that's still a list. All right. So, Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb came out in 2014 with a budget of $127 million. What do we think it made? It probably is still money, and like you said, it, it you know they probably would have made more if it wasn't for the you know, like Robin Williams. But um, you said yeah. 127 million, probably. Uh, I mean, domestically, yeah, probably 170. Huh? Yeah, I'll say 180 something in that range. 113. Ooh. Oh, so. but 249 international. Uh, still, that's, we had that's a whole not, section in our movie about how marketing this film was particularly difficult because it came out after Robin Williams committed suicide, which was like. I mean, it gave them like a whole sort of spin on like, how do we even talk about this? Like, yeah. what is the, you know, and, and like and for a kid's movie, it's like, you know, parents having like this kind of Paul hanging over the whole thing. And that's rough. Makes total sense to me that like it was 113 because I do remember there was like a whole I, I didn't pay attention to the box office, but I do remember like Sean Levy being like, you know, we just really had some issues with like how to market this film, even like how to yeah. how to talk about some of these things. And like, I think that was even some of the reasons that he participated in our film is because he was still sort of he had his own traumas. Right. Like this is a giant achievement for him to have like capped off like a trilogy and to like find out that, you know, something like this happens and you don't know how to even talk about your movie anymore. It's also got to be hard because the, the there's sort of it's not only really a downer ending to the, the Teddy Roosevelt character, but he sort of, he sort of resolves to like. I'll never come alive again. Because, well, what's actually because, crazy, actually, now that you said it, no, yeah. in the end of our movie, we use the last sequence. I remember that, yeah. yeah of this yeah. film, because it's such a great, like, Robin like, Williams goodbye, going off into the yeah. sunset. Yeah. And, like, uh, and Sean Levy even was saying, like, as they were, like, doing this, they did it in, like, one take, and it was perfect, and they, like, they were just, like, it's done. Yeah. And then, like, Sean Levy was, like, and we'll never make another one of these films, because, like, if it's if Robin Williams isn't in it, like it, it's not the same series or whatever. Yeah, which I it's incredible. Uh, that part of it is actually yeah, it was it was actually deeply moving for me in terms of like thinking about Robin Williams' legacy and all this stuff in, yeah. as it relates to the way that they sign off in this movie, which is sort of like uh, that you know 
beautiful things are going to happen and and you know you should just have to let go of these father figures and it's like really amazing in terms of how we think about these 90s actors yeah. right like as like arnold schwarzenegger continues to like decay and you're just kind of like oh man like you know uh, was it sylvester stallone is like yeah. a shadow and yeah, well, bruce kind of willis like, has like a phase yeah bruce willis yeah, is like, like can't yeah. remember it's like you're kind of getting to this place where i think people of our age and like even a little bit older who like really found their like sort of humanity and in in like sort of like their own ethos through these characters like is now are they're now like their fragility and their and they're like their passings or it's like i think it's something you have to reckon with in the same yeah way. i mean a lot a lot of the uh, important actors of our generation that, that we've not we're not part of but like we've watched like you know jack nicholson they're all gonna be gone within 10 years so right. it's like yeah well this idea of like a like a like a solid a list, like the kind of people who could like start a planet Hollywood. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, they don't exist anymore. Right. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise is it. That's it. Yeah. He's it. it. The sad thing is, I mean, not, not to ruin your documentary here, but it's, I mean, in, 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 Tyler's documentary, they talk about how, like, you know, I guess, like, Sean Levy and a few other people kind of kind of knew there was something up with Ron Williams, like, on the set of the Oh, 100%. Movie. Basically, like, what they yeah. had to do with him is he started with having his, like, well, my boy, what we need to do is... And, like, and that because his dementia was so powerfully, like, affecting him, they had to cut it to, like, well, my boy, you're right. Like, they, oh, and, yeah. and, like, even that he was struggling with at points in the film. Like, he, he'd be like, yeah, my boy. And then yeah. he'd be like... And they'd be like, okay, so it's, and they'd have to feed it to him, like just as he was about yeah, to yeah. say it, and like because he'd call. And so our film is very much about how, like, a year and a half before making this film, he was doing a one man show on Broadway, basically, that was like him for an hour and a half, just like killing it. And he, like, was nominated for a Tony for that. It was like the Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. And so, like, the idea that, like, his, his mental prowess, like, diminished from being, like, the fastest brain on the planet to, like, somebody who, like, you had to feed him four words before he, like, said them. Yeah, and they it, were, I remember they were talking, Sean Levy was talking about how, like, in between takes, they would have to sort of sequester him and just, like, right. get him away from people because he just, he needed a break. He couldn't talk to anybody, sure. and it was like, he and just that needed, was he needed like, recovery time. Like, yeah. Because previously, what he would do is, like, as soon as he'd finish with his lines and they say, oh, we're going to take 10. He'd be like, all right. And he'd just start doing like stand up for 10 yeah, minutes just yeah. to like keep the crew. <laughs> he didn't have deviled eggs, but he, <laughs> <laughs> he was the devil. He sensed yeah. that they needed deviled eggs of the mind. Yeah. 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 All right. So INV synopsis of this one is Larry spins the globe. I, I, I don't, I don't the globe. Think he, the yeah. globe. he goes to London. Yeah. Oh, you know what we forgot to talk about in the last one, no, which is that? Jonah Hill's amazing little like moment where they have like the back and forth. Oh yeah. I thought that was vintage. Amazing. Jonah Hill. Is, ben yeah. Stiller being hilarious, like talking about like security guards kind of going at but each it, other. It's kind of funny because they, they kind of play a similar character. It's like, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. they replace Jonah Hill with the, with the woman in the third one, the Australian woman. Yeah. No, it's the, the um, where, where is it in? The it's, it's in near the beginning. It's like, yeah, it's near like the beginning. 20, he's like, 15, it's like the first time he sees the thing that they're going to end up putting the, the big relic that they're always chasing in. He he steals the uh, the security key card from Jonah. It's the first, oh, yeah, that's the first time when he goes to the first thing at the Smithsonian, at the Smithsonian yeah. and it's about like don't touch that or something. Yeah. And then like they have yeah, it's right here. Oh, it's oh, so it good. This is this is my favorite part of the movie. If we're gonna do favorite yeah, parts yeah. of the movie every time we go through, ITT, bro. ITT. It's intent to touch, homie. <laughs> I know I wasn't. I, you know, I'm gonna go kiss it. The, all right. Sorry. Put your hand on and touch it. It's just like super bad. There, like th- this is like straight off of this like two years after like super bad. Come in and put her precious nail polished nails all over the exhibit. You know, I, I'm sorry. Last time I checked, I thought we lived in a free country. So no, we don't. No, it's the United States of don't touch that thing right in front of you. I just want to. Now Ben Stiller's just like, I'll just do what you're doing. He's just mirroring him. Is that any Brandon? It's Brandon. 
Excuse me? Brundin. 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 Is that what they run out of use on your nameplate <laughs> maker? I don't know. Did they run out of jokes at the interesting joke store that you shop at? Looks, sorry, it just says, looks like Brandon. But... I'm not here to be your speech therapist. It's Brundin. Brundin, okay. You never heard of the name before? Brundin, no. Look up most popular baby names in 1984. Brundin. Okay. Are you threatening me? Brundin? I'm not Princess Jasmine, am I? Oh, wow. Luna B. 9 volt. Yeah. One Shows piece of hardware. Piece. That's the title. <laughs> Luna B. 9. That's great. Well, I prefer the Mag Light LED myself, but, you know, that's just me. Do me a huge favor. What? Shove your hands in your pockets. Put your attitude way down. And also, be nice to people. Great. Wait, can I just ask this is something thing? we didn't get yeah. enough in the movies. Okay, so the security guards, like, so over... over See, this like, seems like the sort of humor that they should have had sprinkled throughout. Right. 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 Life earlier than you were expecting? I'm going to hit you with a flashlight. <laughs> oh, now you are threatening I think... Okay. Do, do not touch it. Don't touch do me. Do not touch it. Don't touch me. Do not Don't touch, touch it. me. I'll touch you with my flashlight all day. No, no. You, I will literally, is meant to illuminate. I will literally rent a camper and we will drive across America with my flashlight on your chest. Don't do that. Don't do what? Don't do that. You want to see what happens when I do it one more time? Let's see what happens. Watch, watch you do nothing. Let's watch you do nothing when I do this. Seriously, Brandon. You do, Brandon. Brandon, you do not know who you're dealing with. You think you know what it means to be a guard? Huh? Trust me, you don't know the meaning of the word. I've seen things that you could not imagine. Like what kind of stuff? I'm not going to tell you. But you're going to drop the flashlight. The way you said it, it just sounded like you were going to say something cool. Yeah, well, you don't get to hear it. Drop the flashlight. They knocked his bullets out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drops the batteries. Cool. That was actually pretty cool what you just did. Thank you. No hard feelings. Mutual respect is attained. The movie can continue. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's my fault. I should. I no, it takes two opposing forces to cause friction. And you're just doing your job. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. Well, what? Yeah. That's, that's like some of the most that's, like genuine acting that Ben Stiller did in the movie. Like that for me was I was like, where, where is all of that? Yeah. It's actually, yeah. like, there's so much to mine there I, around I'm like sure the false like, sense yeah. of like. Power I'm sure there's so many cut scenes and shit like that. It's like yeah, but they could have done that in so many different places. Like with Ben Stiller just like looking at people, be like, I'm the security guard. You're the thing, and like you know, like but they never. Yeah. That's actually something yeah. they never touch on is like his like sort of fragile. Yeah, ego they also around. never explain why he's like so freakishly good at like all sorts of like martial arts spins and like <laughs> jumping through the air. And stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It's the kind of stuff you learn when you're a security guard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with no training, that's just that's just a document that's like forty years old that they hand to you. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so on on the third one, they replaced Jonah Hill with the Australian actress. Yeah. By the name of. Oh uh, yeah, what's her name? Uh, Rebel Wilson. Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Wilson, who is not doesn't doesn't take me anywhere special. I just someone must find her funny. I think I think that they they sort of took her humor and made it more. PG. Right. And she's really great. She, in, she's yeah. She's in, acting uh, out of her dancing one or the singing one. Pitch or something. Perfect. She, yeah. Pitch perfect. She does like, she comes in as like, yeah, the, whatever she's been great and stuff, but it's again, like they just make her like, she's doing him, but yeah. as a British version, as opposed to Jonah Hill, who's like actually what an American Except, security guard is like, which yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except she like, and it's kind of all of her characters are like this. She's so full of herself and thinks she's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And she's always low status. Yeah. Again, forgettable. But this moment, like I was like, that was like the brightest spot in the whole thing for me. As I was like, Jonah Hill, thank you for showing up and (laughs) thank you for delivering something really fresh and different from everything I'm seeing before and after. (laughs) The the uh, the thing I laughed the hardest at in the third movie though is when uh, when they're telling the Attila the Hun that Regis Philbin 
is out in the audience and he calls him Riju Fubu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's so upset that he he, he himself upset Regis Fubu. He's like, Riju Fubu? No. <laughs> okay, so this movie, the third one begins with some kid stumbling upon an ancient tomb in Egypt during a dig. And that kid, I think, turns out to be Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah, it does. And this is this is like so weird that they went this route with this like like ancient history or not history, but like nineteen was it like thirties or something like yeah. opening. It's it reminded me of when you remember in the, the sequel to The Exorcist, where it, like all of a sudden it starts out in like Egypt, right. <laughs> and you're like, what is going on? Like, why does this have anything to do with this? Like. Yeah. draws on like monster movie lore. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're like, you're like, all of a sudden, I'm watching like Mummy Returns. Like, <laughs> yeah. So the plot of this movie is that the tablet is degrading because of reasons. Yeah, and they have to not t- enough, which doesn't make any sense. Not enough sunlight or like moonlight. Oh, moonlight, right? Yeah. It's like at no point somebody <laughs> didn't like get enough moonlight on this thing, on this thing that that was fine working for like what. Since it came Deck to the museum, like, like 50 years yeah. that it came to like the museum or something, that Dick Van Dyke was there. It's like, but then now all of a sudden it's running out. It's yeah. And running out fast, running out fast. <laughs> and then by the end of the movie, they charge it by showing it to moonlight for all the 30 seconds. You yeah. Know, like, so cool. Is it good for another 50 years? Like, what is this? <laughs> Plus they had to have the, the, all the little pieces turned the right way. I, that was so, yeah. And, and like, Hey, <sighs> That seems like one of those things where, like, w- when a movie paints themselves into a corner, where they're like, they establish in the first movie that, like, oh, all the little, like, you know, nine, nine symbols have to be aligned perfectly. And you're like, well, shit, now we got to do this for the rest of the series. <laughs> like, Turns out it's pie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because they, they, theirs operates like a phone pad. It's like, <laughs> that's what they were doing. They were pressing 3.1. It's like, so they were just pushing the numbers oh. in correspondence to, like, a phone uh, keypad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so the, yeah, that, that's what they based it on. It was like phone keypads from 2,000 years later. Aziz, light! Yeah, Aziz, light! Yeah, <laughs> yeah so the tablet's degrading. People, the, all the wax people are degrading. And it, again, like, I didn't realize this was, like, uh, Robin's last movie and how he was during this movie. And so I watched it going, oh, he's doing a good job at showing how Teddy Roosevelt is turning back to wax and yeah, he's yeah. having a hard time of it. I'm like, I didn't realize that Robin was actually having a really hard time of it. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. I wonder was he supposed to have a bigger role in this? And they yeah, were just like, yeah. They cut his lines down by like two thirds. Jeez, that was sort of the story of the thing was that they just kind of they give him like less and less lines as he went, and they, they, nobody knew why. But they just kind of were like, you don't you don't ask like the, one of yeah. these mega stars like, uh, hey, what's going on? You just kind of like, okay, we just, whatever Robin needs, we just kind of yeah, yeah. you know. And then like, but every but everybody in the background is just like. Which sucks because I'm sure. I mean, he's such a he's such a lovable person, and and like everybody who's ever worked with him has talked about how great he is to be mm. upset. But then now it's like I'm sure at the time some people were like, "What an asshole! He's just going off by himself all the time." Like, hmm. I think everybody was just kind of like, "Whoa!" And he'd had some trouble with drugs and alcohol in his life, yeah. and so everybody just kind of was like, "No, no idea what's going on there." But like, you know, if, if you're on like like the kind of role that you probably played on the Matrix, like if if somebody like if word around the campfire was like Keanu Reeves was acting weird, he'd be like, "Oh man, I'll bet you he's on that." You know, and it's <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're pretty far removed from like the inner circle, but it's exactly. still like, you're, that, like that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like normally you hear all these stories about how like how personal he is, and then all of a sudden you're like the DIT, and you're like, well, he just brushed past me and didn't say shit and was like kind of mean. I'm like, done with him. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that was like that. That was like the crazy thing is that there was so much allegory for like this last film about like somebody fading and like yeah. losing something, and then like the idea that like the, the actual person was fading and losing something really profound and actually dealing with it in the time that he's making the film about the thing. And it's yeah. like, but so much of his journey was like personal and like because he didn't know what was happening until it wasn't until the autopsy that they actually figured out that he had dementia. Yeah. So his whole time he doesn't know what's going. On. So it's like it's really crazy to think that like he was in this space. The only problem is I have trouble believing he could like use that in his performance because he was just literally diminishing at like the same state so it was just kind of like almost documentary to like be able to capture some of these like fragility moments and you have these really actually there's a shot in the film of some behind the scenes where you see Sean Levy being like okay so what you want to do is blah 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 and like Sean Levy's looking at the monitor and he's watching like his like last take of Robin Williams thing and Robin Williams is standing over his shoulder and he's like okay so what you want to do is blah 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 and you see Robin Williams just totally like barely able to stay present and he does this like he does this really long like blink that like is just so representative of like exhaustion where you're just like, Oh man, like he was just barely hanging on and everybody else is like trying to make the greatest movie they've ever made. And like, just like what a what a tough place that is to live he, he's one of those people that's like he means so much to so many people that were like i remember like i remember where i was when i heard michael jackson died i remember mm. where i was when i heard and the, the crazy story for my wife used to work for county of marin like as part of the government doing like benefits stuff for like people that needed like you know food car- like food stamps and all that stuff and so we have a very similar email address her and i and, and she accidentally put my email address into like some sort of like uh, Marin County Sheriff's like blotter like newsletter thing. So I actually ended up getting an email about his death like hours before anybody else in the news knew about it because oh, because they had released it locally to like the Marin County like like news stuff. And so I got this email and I was like, what, what is this? And I went on CNN. I went on like, I was like, I was like, nobody else is talking about this. And then like, oh, sure enough, wow. it popped up like an hour or two later, but it was just so weird to see like, you know, it's a cool heartwarming story about this as I'm thinking about that of like what he was going through. Is it like Crystal the monkey? He's actually got a bunch of photos like with Crystal. Oh, I'm the, sure. Like yeah. he was like a big fan of like apes and primates. And monkeys I, yeah, and stuff, I remember like, that. He has a yeah, whole yeah. thing with like Coco, Coco the gorilla yeah, yeah. and they had like this powerful relationship and interaction. But it was like him and Crystal the monkey were actually like really good like pals on set and stuff. And like as he was like kind of going through this, they would give him more and more time with Crystal the monkey. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is sort of like a fun thing to be like, you know, like as he was like sort of losing a lot of stuff, like it's like, yeah, he's getting to play with the monkey. It's like fantastic. <laughs> yeah. and it's the monkey from the movie yeah 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 that's awesome who they have on IMDb dressed in a suit. Yeah, right. <laughs> the monkey's wearing like a doctor's <laughs> lab coat or something. That monkey, that monkey's probably, he's probably still alive, right? No, I mean, they'll go through like three of those things, right? <laughs> I mean, Although you never know, a monkey like monkey, that, they're like, oh, this monkey like lives 25 20, 30 years. years. Yeah. Maybe not that sized one. It's like. Oh, he was originally an air bud even. George of the Jungle Hangover 2. There it is. Oh, that's right. Monkey. Are you sure it wasn't three? Uh, it says two. Oh, I, I think that might be wrong because the monkey's in the third one where they go to Mexico. The second one's there. Oh, no. No, no, you're great. Oh, there, there, yeah. There's a monkey in both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, why, why is there so many fucking monkeys? Monkeys, I don't know. Because everybody goes, you know, it'd be funny. If we had a monkey that you <laughs> see. Agent info. Who's who's Crystal's agent? <laughs> no, oh, you don't have I IMDb don't, Pro. Oh. You know there's got to be an agent that just deals with all the animals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. George of the Jungle. Oh, so, I mean, he's probably dead by now. If he's Doesn't, there's no death date. Well, I mean, 1994. How long do monkeys live? How long do uh, capuchins or whatever? It's like. That little monkey you think is like close to 30 years old? Her favorite foods are grapes, yogurt, and pistachio nuts. You, you know the one that kills me? <laughs> well, she's is, eating uh, healthy. That's what we do now. <laughs> in, uh, in the Rocky series, uh, Sylvester Stallone had his real turtles in the first movie, like the first movie, yeah. like Cuff and Link or whatever. They're still alive. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. 
because those, those things live like 70 80 years like yeah that dog's not around anymore well no <laughs> but he got <laughs> a new dog and he named it yeah the name of that dog yeah but he's going through whatever it's like, right right yeah, yeah. <laughs> animals and movies was it they always taught us at uh, never, school yeah. never work with animals and boats kids. and children yeah, boats yeah <laughs> the oh, we, of we learned that one though <laughs> yeah but, did you guys shoot something on a boat oh no, we did yeah. yeah uh yeah we covered it on this show because it came out on it, finally 10 years after we worked on it it finally came out on vod during the pandemic what is this thing it's called the the it was called the rift when we worked on it but then it was uh called the, the haunting of the mary celeste yeah okay and it's I don't know. It's just some weird movie about like some woman's daughter disappears in some sort of extra dimensional portal. And like, she gets a boat to go looking for her. And it's, so we shot the whole thing on, on Mare Island, like on the docks there. Well, on uh, Sausalito. On so Angel Island, Angel Island. Yeah. yeah. Sausalito and Angel Island. Yeah. No, okay. Not Maryland. Angel Island. Thank you. Like on a parked boat. Yeah. It's like, and then we took during the daytime, they would get exterior shots by taking the boat out through the bay and stuff, but it was supposed to be doubling as Portugal. So they would just they would just shoot around the the uh, Golden yeah. Bridge, like <laughs> okay. But there was a lot of night shots, and we we built this big black tent with with marine black fabric around the boat in the in the slot mm. in the slip to uh, to shoot interiors of the boat with this dark like at night during the day. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Was, that sounds fantastic. It was. I mean, it was not uh, a great movie. <laughs> but, it's, a, it's a mediocre movie. The it was my first feature to work on, and we were both. Oh, you know who was in it was uh, Richard Roundtree oh, Shaft. Yeah. Oh shit! Original Shaft, yeah, yep. and then also the uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, Ra- Rachel was the character. The woman she's she was in like Supernatural, and she's do you watch uh, the Mandalorian? Yeah, she so was she, the armorer. She's the armor, like no. the okay. The, and she was the main character. Yeah, she was no. She was like the the woman that like yeah. made the suit of armor when she wore the mask. Well, she, no, no, I'm saying she was the main character. Was, oh yeah, she was the main character. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is like before this is 2012. So yeah, is well, Emily Swallow or something? That's it, Emily yeah. Swallow. Yeah. yeah. So there was, yeah. So anyway, there was a couple of people that were like, it was, yeah. you know, cause we were work, we didn't working on docks and boats the whole time. It was like, we're constantly losing walkies and sandbags and shooting yeah. the water. into the water. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That we, we would shoot, we would get to, um, we would get to Sausalito and then take a boat to Angel Island and then shoot. And we, we would arrive at like five o'clock in the evening and then leave at 5 a.m. And we did that for like two weeks. Dang. I just remember that me and you have a story of working on a boat. That yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't work on boats. That's true. Yeah, okay, yeah. now I Oh, yes. Don't work on yeah. boats. With drones, especially. Yeah, drones, with drones. Yeah. I just found out this, like, last week why that happened. Yeah. So, you know, there's, like, attenuation mode and P mode or something? Oh, yeah. So, I had it in P mode. Okay. Did you know to put it in attenuation mode? Uh... I don't remember what mode I had mine in, but I think the difference was is you were doing an auto takeoff and I was doing manual takeoff. Yeah, you did. That was a big piece of it. I think that was like probably you could have overridden all the problems. But the problem is, so basically if you're in P mode, it's looking at GPS information. And so when you take off, it feels like it's GPS is offline and it actually like drift. And like that, like this guy like documented it and like said it in like three sentences. And I was like, so if you have it in attenuation mode, it takes off and it doesn't worry about where home point is. Uh-huh. It just sort of like it just hovers. tries to keep itself. But the other one was like, wait, the ground's moving. Are we moving or is the ground right. moving? And it creates this like, and that's what happened. Right. So it was like, it was just in the wrong mode. And it was like, oh, so it was a hundred percent my fault. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember at the time break, I was yeah. blaming the engines and the, like the amount yeah. of iron yeah, yeah. and the superstructure of the boat and like, you know and i was like yeah no it was just yeah. me but i tell you I, that um i might have told you this that when i was working on ant-man 2 i believe we were out on one of those similar boats there was this there's a scene in that happens in the bay on ant-man 2 and we're out on one of the boats shooting there's a like a there's like a crane off the edge of the boat that's like shooting another boat 
and we're sitting on the boat. And I'm like, oh man, I was on one of these boats years ago. And the guy I was with, he just took his drone off and it flew and it hit the thing and went into the water. And and the pilot of the boat's like, oh yeah, I heard about that. My friend who drives that boat told me about it. <laughs> you're lore. famous. You're famous. It's Bay Area boating lore. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's probably only like half a dozen of those in the bay, you know. No, yeah. I mean, especially that one at the time. Like yeah. that was like a serious piece of machinery. Yeah. But luckily you were there to save the day. <laughs> Dave is top gun behind the wheel on the on the drones. <laughs> Always have two drones. It's the list. Oh my god, <laughs> seriously. All right. So the story of this one is the tablet. We've talked about the tablet failing. They have to take it to the British Museum because uh Akmanakanakan, whatever uh, Rami Malik's dad is played by Ben Kingsley, and he's supposed to know more about the tablet and how to recharge it or fix it or whatever. Which, as we mentioned, is just hold it in the moonlight. <laughs> His dad knows so much about it, which all it is is, oh, let me tell you how we made it, and then let me tell you that she needs moonlight. That's all I needed to tell you. He's like, he's like, uh, I don't want to tell you the secrets of this. I've been holding it for five thousand years, <laughs> right. and then he's like, just put it in the sun, right. in the moon. Like he's, like, he's like, he's he's a antagonistic at first, and then all of a sudden, just like. A switch flips. And they yeah. Think, yeah, just put it in the moonlight. And then the like this, the whole third act is that Dan Stevens, who plays Lancelot, wants it because he thinks it's yeah. Then he trail. turns right, yeah. And so he steals it from him, and he's going to take it away to. Oh, he tries to take it to Camelot, Camelot which turns out to be a play, like with, in London, yeah. <laughs> with, oh, and he has a whole like Hugh Jackman, moment of fragility. And, uh, where it's like, yeah. oh no, Who's I'm it? just a wax figure. <laughs> yeah, I know. But then he ends up like meta. He meets up with um, yeah, Hugh, Alice Eve and Alice Eve and, and Hugh Jackman, and Hugh Jackman playing Jackman, yeah. playing King Arthur and Guinevere. Yeah, and they're like, dude, get off the stage, you know. And Hugh Jackman tries to scare him away with his Wolverine pose, and he's like, I know some of that was what, just what so are you doing? The top, bro. I was like, oh man, this is just cringe. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, the thing where his nose is melting and stuff when Lancelot gets oh, oh it's yeah. just like oh god, that was funny for like twenty seconds. And then it just right. stays like that. <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah. That's like, the, I mean, they, I think that now that we're at the third one, that's the theme of this thing is they have like really interesting, funny things that they've come up with and then they just grind them. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, that's like, I mean, that's the cool thing about, I always think about like, I don't know what you guys' favorite like sequels are or the things that like where the, where the trilogies become better as the thing progresses. But it's always like they introduce this like completely new way to look at this world they created with so you come into it with the knowledge of all the things that have like set this kind of world in place and then they like take you somewhere completely different yeah, that yeah. just like blows your mind and gives you this bigger sense of just all the possibilities of what can happen in this new like you know it's like you know like terminator 2 or or uh star wars the second like like those are the two ones that i think first popped in my mind of like wow how big is this place yeah. like how much you know and that's where all of a sudden these trilogies can then have like eight nine ten and it's just like how do they not learn from yeah that? how do you not learn like this is the recipe just probably like, one of the best it, it, i mean Back to the Future, it, it doesn't. It's not really about the time machine. It's right. like it's not relying on the shtick of the time machine. It's it's about the characters, their interactions, and the world that they're in. And it changes every movie. And it's like you get to learn more about the characters and their backstory in depth. And it's like I'm into that one, and I think that one does it well. The only thing I think that they get locked into is that it still stays about Michael J. Fox's family uh, yeah. unit. Yeah, yeah. I think if it if it got, if it became something bigger than that, even all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, this dude just needs to go back in time so like so he can fix things. Doc the- Brown has to have a family and has yeah, to have- that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I mean, you like Clara at the end, but it's like all of the last 15 minutes and his kids, the kid that flips oh, right. off the camera. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't no. seen that. It's like when they do that shot where it's like him on the train with like with Doc Brown and Clara and his two kids. One of the kids just like starts flipping <laughs> off the camera. <laughs> you know, these days it would be the, yeah, that, yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. made you look. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm going through our our scores here, trying to find find other ones that are like that. And you're right, Star Wars and Terminator are like that. We haven't covered those for the show yet, but uh, you've never done Star Wars or Terminator. Well, that's the thing, Terminator. What have you guys been doing for this entire yeah, time? Star Wars, <laughs> obviously, you've seen my my house. Star Wars, is yeah. Huge me, we're trying to figure out the best way to cover it because how do you cover nine, movies. eleven movies? Well, you do multiple episodes. Well, which yeah. we were thinking of doing, we just haven't like planned it out. Yet. Yeah, because of course there's plenty of people in my past who I grew up watching Star Wars with that I you know want to organize to have had them on and you know all this kind of yeah that'd be a we actually we actually haven't done Back to the Future it's like, true. we haven't done Back to the Future there, but there's a reason behind it yeah. we uh, Dave and I have worked with and we sort of know the guy so Crispin Glover played George McFly in the first movie but then he had a falling out yeah, with Zemeckis and all that and then so they replaced, replaced him with a second guy Jeffrey yeah. Weissman who's actually from the Bay Area and so Dave and I have worked with him before and they, they put prosthetics on him to make him look like Crispin Glover. Like, oh, wow. and so, and then it actually ended up in a lawsuit that changed Hollywood forever to where, uh, like, um, you're, you're not allowed to have one actor pretending to be a different actor. You, you can't, you can't use the likeness with yeah. permission. Right. So, yeah. So the, uh, we've, we've kind of been like, is there any way we can get him to come? I mean, we're both like Facebook friends with him. We've worked on him some, oh, stuff, really? some stuff before and, and he's a super nice guy and he loves talking about back to the future. It's like, he goes to conventions all the time, loves fan interaction. We mm. just haven't really, I feel like we would have reached out to him, but then the pandemic hit and then we were like, eh, not really. Look. Okay. Well, that's a great reason yeah. why to put that one up. <laughs> yeah. But there's, yeah. Can you just sort it by score and be like, who comes out at the top? Well, I'm trying to figure out like ones where it got better after the first one. Jaws gets a 124. 10, 10, No, 10. no, these, this is the amount of minutes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> which which one do we of, add them up? It's just yeah. it's embarrassing to how much oh, yeah, movies like, we So watched. Jaws 1 was 10, and then it, it went way down from there. But like Godfather, I think we both, the second one was. Yeah. And you know what? We even talked about mm. this too. Even the third Godfather, it's like if it was not branded as a Godfather movie, it's it's a pretty good movie. Like, yeah. It's at least a seven and a half and an eight movie. It's just not like a 10, like the first two are. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is not a great example, but Batman Begins. Yeah. Mm. The second one was better than. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But the first one was pretty good. Yeah. There's not a lot of examples of that. Usually they start strong and taper off. Yeah. Or Mm. there's like a great one. And then in the three or four that follow, there's another great one. And then the rest suck or. Yeah. Yeah. Alien. Aliens is a good one. It's it's like slightly yeah. better than the first one, maybe. Yeah. The first one's amazing, and the second what, one... Uh, Die Hard. What did we give three versus one? Yeah, so Die Hard one, we gave a ten, and then three was an eight. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Then, so they then came Die, back. Die Hard two yeah. is not that great. It's no. Like, that's two, like a six. two and four and five are all terrible. Yeah, it feels like you just got to go for the uh, expansive world thing of right. like... Though that that would be my hallmark. So, if anybody, if everybody was ever trying to be like, you got to make a trilogy out of this thing, I'd, I'd be like, how do we turn it into like Star Wars or Terminator? Where all you, sudden, you, like, you're making a the world. second one yeah, is like a yeah. whole like now we're just now we're just in the world where the first one took place. Yeah. Like that's that's when I right. think you're like, and how little can we bring back from the first one to still have it be recognizable as a as a sequel? But like we can do like we can create like a because that's the whole thing about like I mean that was my revelation as a kid watching like the second star wars is just being like this has nothing to do like it's just like yeah, now yeah. they're just doing a whole nother thing in another place because and then you start imagining other stories that could happen and that's the part where as a kid or, or a person like watching these kinds of movies you get this real sense of like how you can get lost in your imagination of what this other reality like could possibly be and that's the same thing with like terminator right and then all of a sudden you can imagine like the later iteration like the later trilogy that they do like you can imagine that one just from the second one right like yeah, all yeah. of that lore and that kind of like 
world building is done to where like these things that you've imagined then become concrete by, by like the ninth one the problem is sometimes they get so long like Terminator that they like just start overwriting the previous movie right. where, they're, where they're like well you know what three never happened anymore at this point and it's like and, yeah and now two kind of happened and yeah that's an interesting process I mean that's maybe yeah. separate from this but I'm always interested in like why we're trying to make like six or th- or like is there ever a point where we can say like we did that really well and now we should do something else yeah you run into that hard story where it's like okay this was planned to be three and then now they want it to be four and five and six and you're like well we don't have ideas for that so. yeah i mean even with the robin's wish thing like we'd talk to people and we had like I had this great idea for a documentary and they were like but could it be three documents <laughs> like like because it was like, all about no, like the economics yeah, of everything yeah. right like like netflix is like we're not like somebody even told me like they're like I was talking to somebody about trying to get that movie made and they were like, oh, okay. So like, I don't know how many episodes is it? I'm like, well, no, it's just documentary. Like, oh, it's a one-off. Like it's like, a one-off. And then yeah. like the idea that a film is like just a one-off and you're like, yeah. mm. what, are you, what are you wasting our time here? Yeah, like, like, you want to make how, one thing? I, I, Cause it, it's basically like a unit cost thing where it's like, I make 150 per doc. And if you make three of them, I make 450. If you make one of them, why are we talking? Right? Like, it's, so it's just interesting that like, I get that there's a pressure to make more, but like there is a really cool thing about, something getting bigger and wider and then wrapping up in the third one or like because we think about things in acts and all these different stuff so like it makes sense to me that there'd be three but yeah you're right like when you go into like the seventh part it's like you just have to be talking crazy although i think the pirates of the caribbean I don't know, have you guys not done that one we haven't done it we haven't done it yet no. pirates of the caribbean is one of those ones where it's like it feels like just a world you it's, could go it's a, yeah it's a world that's, that's it goes up yeah. and down and like this some of them are bad and some of them are okay but like yeah. it's just a place that sometimes i want to go yeah. right like that's an interesting thing I think the most phenomenal example of this is uh, did you ever see that TV show Prison Break? No. So the first, I know what it's it was about. designed to be a mini series. Yeah. It was only supposed to be like seven episodes long. It did like such phenomenal numbers for the first like three episodes that they just scrambled and they were like add three extra uh, episodes to the season and then just start developing season two, three, four, and five. Oh, I so, remember that. So one. by the end of the first season, they break out of the prison and you're like, cool, that was the story. Now what do they do? And it's like they're on the run. Yeah. It's like and now they're in Central America and, and now they're back in the United States. It's like they were just making shit up as they went along. Like I guess if, if you don't plan for success. Yeah. And that's why the first season is like this like 10 out of 10 amazing like story it's like and then mm. they're like after that it just like poof, fell off a cliff like yeah and wasn't the conceit that the guy had to t- like tattoos on his body yeah. that each one was like a clue on yeah. how to get out of the yeah yeah it was, all right. done, it, was, it was all done as art so that it's a white like, guy right with yeah. like buzz hair yeah 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 because i remember being like that guy doesn't even look like he'd survive it <laughs> he was like way too pretty you're yeah. like no 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 no, no. Went, yeah. wentworth miller yeah, yeah. I, think, uh, I think it used to be on after 24 and so i was always watching 24 and i always see the ads for prison break i'm like you haven't broken out of the prison yet? Why is the show still on? <laughs> yeah, What's yeah. happening? Yeah. Was it the- and that's the thing is that it outlasted the usefulness of the name. It's like <laughs> yeah. he does get thrown into another prison like in Central America in the third season has to break out of that. Oh, one. no. Like, that's well, it happened yeah. again. <laughs> oh, here we are again. Yeah. But now he's locked inside the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Escape from this one. Way to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anything else on the end? Of- oh, so the I was. Really troubled with, there was, I guess, in the London Museum, there was a miniature diorama of Pompeii. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And while the two, while Owen and, and Steve Coogan are running around there, the, the volcano Being erupts. Thing. And it comes, well, yeah, it erupts. I'm like, how, why do you have an actual volcano erupting? No, it it in just museum? came to life. That's, that's, that's coming to life. Or maybe it's part of the exhibit. To where, and how does that go back to normal? Yeah, yeah you're morning. right. No, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think it's just the exhibit came to life and became a volcano. Like, yeah, okay. So, but then, yeah, it's like, right. well, then they then they completely ruined it by having the monkey pee <laughs> the monkey on it. It's on like, it. which I, it's like, I don't even know. It's like, it, okay, swap that out for a human, like peeing on another human in a movie, instantly an R rated R movie. Why why are we getting away with this when it's a monkey? Like, I don't really understand. But again, it's like it's like if they did it, you'd and like we're like, and they go ah, and then like cut to somewhere else. You're like, oh, that's pretty funny. But no, they're just but then they were like on them. Whiz. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, like let's, let's do. <laughs> Slashes him again. Going, no, like, yeah. no, no, no. Through the Austin Powers method. Right? Yeah, exactly. The guy with the cement <laughs> truck. Returning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched that recently. The Austin Powers one. That bit is still funny. Yeah. Although it's like a little bit more like as you're watching it now as an adult, you're like, <sighs> yeah. Those yeah. guys were. That's an incredible. That's an incredible idea. Yeah, like, yeah. The whole idea is he's he's going to get hit by this thing that moves really slow, yeah, and we're just going to let it play out for there's... like minute and a half, no! two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, what's his name? Uh, is it something McDonald's from uh, Mad TV? Oh, oh McDonald? No, 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 it's, no, it's, it's um, um, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, the guy. The, the, it's like the, he has the, like very big eyelashes. He's kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. He's uh, he played like like Stewart or something on yeah, Mad exactly. TV. Like, look what I can do. Was it wasn't that uh, Will Ferrell's first movie? Or what, like, oh, was it something like it was one of his first movies? Like he plays like an Arab guy. Yeah, yeah, Bar, yeah. Bar, or something. He does the but, same yeah. joke in all three movies where he falls I'm off. Cliff so and, badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else on uh, Night at the Museum? The Secret of the Tomb. Um, I mean, such uh, why Ben Kingsley, man. It's like if you're gonna get Ben Kingsley in here, it's like why give him this ten line role and then be like we're out. Is this one of these things where, like, film uh, trivia, you'll find out Megan Kingsley made $30 million on oh, this I'm movie sure. or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and he was there for a day and a half. <laughs> yeah. And they, they should have, who was the mom? Because they should have picked some oh, I know, actress right? that, like, rivals Ben Kingsley. Is like, she's not even on the, pa- on the page here. We gotta, yeah, you got to get Angelica Houston or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody where you're like, oh, man, these two actors belong together. Instead of somebody being like, yeah, it's my first day. Yeah. Here we go. Anjali J. She's probably done something, but I just, it is not to where I was like, and she also seems like she's. Oh, Power Rangers. She also seems like she's 30 years younger than (laughs) Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch, she's done a bunch of stuff, but nothing that anybody's seen. Which I mean, again, no discredit there. She did did a fine job. It was just more sort of like a shocking to see Ben Kingsley in this movie. And then you're like. Well, I'm not really paying attention to her. I'm paying attention to Ben Kings. Yeah, get someone will. else in there. Like yeah. Andrea Martin is in this movie. She could have. Yeah, been, dude, she had like nothing yeah. there. She yeah. could have been that. That. Yeah. One thing I got to say about this third movie is I told Dave this. It kept tripping me up that the uh, the lol or whatever the caveman, the caveman, the like the the Larry caveman or yeah, whatever. Exactly. It looked so with all the prosthetics, it looked so much like Tom Cruise. That I just kept being like, wait, is this, wait, this is not Tom Cruise, is it? Like, but you've seen Ben Stiller's Tom Cruise. Exactly. From, yeah. from like the MTV Movie Awards or Which whatever. Which was awesome. Like, like 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. He's like, we finish each other's sentences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and that's what I thought was the joke that they were doing. Was like, oh, they got Tom Cruise to cameo as this guy. That would have been amazing. Then I saw the character kept going on. I was like, oh, there's no way this is Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Beyond like a 30 second cameo. But uh, yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever watch the the Ben Stiller show? Oh. Like a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have any memory of it. I'm yeah, sure he, he had his own little sketch comedy show. Damn. And like Andy Dick was on it and like... Mid-90s, late 90s? Early 90s. Early yeah, 90s. Yeah. And then uh, Ben Stiller actually made... Uh, did you ever see Heat, Vision, and Jack? No, I've heard of it. Heat, Vision, and Jack? Yeah, Ben Stiller made this ridiculous pilot about a, a talking motorcycle that like... It's like Ben Stiller... <laughs> no, it's uh, Jack Black plays like a an astronaut... 
whose buddy died in an accident and his spirit now inhabits like a motorcycle and they go around solving crimes as Heat Vision and Jack. It's it's so you can find it on YouTube. It's so stupid. It's a it's, joke, right? It's but it, no, it was a real pilot. He actually made wanting to like make as a series. That's like, fantastic. Pro- probably in like 1998 or something. Well, that's what I'll be doing as soon as we wrap this. Up. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's so wild and weird. And Owen Wilson is the voice of uh, of the motorcycle. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, but then this must have been fairly recently. No, this is like 1998. Wow. Yeah. And he just assembled like an incredible. Yeah cast of uh yeah. champions yeah people who would become I, th- I think there was a few other people in there too where i was like holy shit this person's in this <laughs> like okay so wrapping up this movie um i'm gonna say i stayed at a five for this one uh i still still say a six okay i'll go six two six two okay imdb eric uh imdb i feel like this one's 38 percent Oh, I'm sorry, 3.2, 3.2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mixing it up here. 3.2. Oh, I feel like this one was just got Just savage. savage. 6.2. Really? Yeah. What, the other ones were were what? Uh, 6 and 6.4. They're okay, all so they're six. all, like, like I said earlier in my reviews, I was like, it's all yeah. just a 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flavors of 6. <laughs> Degrees of 6. Yeah. Tyler, what do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Rotten Tomato, oh, man, probably 43. Three percent or something like it takes good at this game. Forty-seven. All right, (laughs) but basically the same. It's whatever a six is on IMD. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So what do we do? How would we fix it? What would we make it better? Mm. I think I've like belabored my ideas for what could have made it better. (laughs) I I think I think to to achieve what they wanted, they kind of achieved it, right? Yeah. Again Uh, and again. Personally, and again, again, right. Uh, Like you said, maybe, right, expand the scope, do different things. I think you do some casting changes, right? Yeah. Get get rid of Rebel Wilson, get rid of Amy Adams, get someone else in those roles. They they were bringing back too many people. I feel like they should have just introduced new characters every time. Like, it's it's, it needs to be more serialized where it's, or like, you know, oh, we're in this museum with these people local to this culture. Like, yeah, it's like they got to bring half a dozen people from the previous movie. Yeah. And they just got to keep bringing them on. But I guess that's a lot of what you got to do with like kids movies. I don't know. But imagine like a world where like he has to strap the tablet to his back and like go into like a tomb in Egypt and like shit starts coming alive. But he's like the only oh, way man, he can. There you go. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> He becomes Indiana Jones. Right, yeah, exactly. He's now, yeah, but he's yeah. got to wear the tablet on his back. So he goes into like an Incan temple and he's like doing yeah. stuff. Or there's a lost city in the jungles of the Amazon. And like only with the backpack can he find out where like he shit could, He could bring be. his buddies well, with him at that point. Does, does the yeah. tablet only work in museums or does it? What I is think it, it obviously what's the, what's works anywhere. Because the range of it? Like, yeah. Well, these range. things can come alive like in Central Park and be running yeah. around in... But what, actually, but what's at the, the end of the on third that? one, at the yeah. end of the third one, Amy Adams flies him and his homies yeah. all the way from D.C. to New York. From, wait, from wait, wait, she London, had the tablet from them, London so, to New yeah. York. Yeah, but I just mean like, yeah. obviously yeah. they could just right. do this wherever. They're like, oh yeah, they're right. They're in London. Like, okay, we're going to leave the tablet here. We're all going to go home. That was so confusing. And, yeah. and we'll it's be okay until yeah. sunrise. I was like, how are you getting from the, <laughs> the London Museum to the New York Museum before sunrise? Yeah, no, it's not possible. I mean, I guess you're going backwards in time. So you get it. You yeah. save a couple they, they hours have, there. Here's the thing: the sun was like somewhat coming up, like in London. Uh-huh. It's like you're, you're. It's not going to be a perfect one to one. Like you're going to get back at the exact time. You might li- like of like a five hour flight. You might lose like forty minutes or something. It's like it, well, the sun would have been up by the time they got oh, back to clearly. And 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 how are you flying all these people? Do you, I guess they have a big crate they got to put them in. Yeah. 
for this. Uh, yeah. There's customs to go through. Custom. There's wait. It's yeah. It's purchase orders. There's Dave change me down to a three, three, three point two. <laughs> this movie is just ruined. Lost all ruined. I think it's like when you look at the story as night at the museum, it really like, right. Like star Wars is like happening in the stars, right. Which yeah, is yeah. like endless, but like night at the museum, it's like, you're very confined with like, the people approving okay that's but you, the- you just brought up a good point which is now it's like it's not even one night at the museum it's like each of these movies spans like a week it's like but you have to be in the month. museum and you yeah. have to like because i the yeah. title is night at the museum not a night at or the night right oh, yeah, yeah. it's like any night yeah. all night all the night all, all the nights in secret <laughs> can we just call all the nights the museum <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it does like it it tightens up what you're allowed to do yeah. right like because like uh i think that's probably part of the oh problem. i think we should do like the mib they should do a crossover with 21 jump street oh yeah <laughs> at the end of 22 jump street they do a gag where the, the credit sequence is 23 24 jump street 25 jump street and it's like they're in cooking school they're in this right school. right yeah like, yeah yeah and, and actually we talked about this before uh during the sony hack that happened in 2014 or whatever yeah like uh it was revealed that they were going to do a crossover over with the 21 jump street and men in black so that th- those two guys like uh jonah and hill and, and, and um uh, what's his name anyway th- those two guys were going to become mib agents like i thought it was channing tatum and Ch- it is right. sorry oh, okay. Ch- channing tatum and jonah hill yeah. they were going to become mib agents like until the until the internet found out about that and they're like this sounds stupid and then sonny just canceled it really yeah but they were going to do it they were going to yeah they were yeah i mean every movie going forward Episode four of the franchise is a Tony One Jump Street crossover. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is you can be as out of out of the box and otherworldly as you'd like as long as there's some like inherent like humor that's just like based in something. Like like just the way that Jonah Hill was like great in this. Like yeah. I do believe he could just pop into Mission in Black and be funny and like bring did, life to did it. Did we need it to be Ben Still every time or could it have been of new security well that's the thing is like you said sean levy said that uh, without robin it's no not worth i mean without ben stiller is it worth making another one i think it's like national treasure where all of a sudden if if it's not Nick cage and it's like you know they tried to hand it off to shia labeouf for the oh for indiana jones indiana jones it's it's i mean that's like a that's like a high wire act of like trying to hand something and talking about going back to the well the the indiana jones 5 is filming right now right it's done it's it's done it's coming out soon yeah whoa and i saw some like shots from the filming set locations yeah. like they're doing nazis again yeah, yeah like yeah. Doing how do they have nazis, nazis when indiana jones is like 50 years older than he that's was my favorite quote that's my favorite quote from this podcast that was like, come on dude, they're doing the, nazis again the nazis went to argentina it's like yeah so maybe it takes place there but it's uh, and, and now people i guess there, there was like a rumor that like because it's it's Phoebe Waller Bridger or whatever is like his like new sidekick or whatever. Okay. And they were saying like, she's going to get the torch next. And, and the internet was like, I don't really know uh, if I want that. I don't know if there's a torch to be passed. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, she can be a sidekick. I love her. She's yeah. great, but that's, she's not. But the, the, the franchise needs to die with Indiana Jones. Yeah. So let's be honest here. Yeah. Yeah, because it's actually, again, like Nate at the Museum, it's like, uh, you know, nobody really wants like a white guy going to like South America to like you know what when, I mean? Like, when Ben Stiller just got done making fun of Mongolian people. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we don't yeah, really need, yeah. like, that kind of character anymore. Let's, let's steal all culture's artifacts like we all Well, because, like, the, what is it? The, sec- the, the, the one where he goes to India. Yeah. 
Second oh one. yeah, yeah, that one's not aged well because it's very much like a lot of the tropes that they thought like the same thing with uh, Hank Azaria suffered from, which is like all these tropes that they felt like they could like impose on like Indian people because it was like eh, it's all right, like they it doesn't really work anymore when they look like sort of like savages and like he's come there to be like oh my god they're eating monkey brains yeah like, you know it's like <laughs> it's like we don't like the whole thing was actually even even. George Lucas and Spielberg were drawing on something from their own childhood, yeah, right? Like it's like this white explorer who goes into the jungle and like takes shit from the savages and like gets it back to a museum or something, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think the I think it can go. And there's a new version that makes space for something else. All right. Anything else on this on Night at the Museum? I don't know. Goodbye, Night at the Museum. <laughs> Goodbye, Night at the Museum. Yeah, I don't think it's going to fare well on your uh, your overall list of yeah. uh, films. It's not the worst we've no. seen. It's right middle of the pack. Uh, it's middle of the pack as far as like big Hollywood tr- trilogies go. Yeah. I mean, we've watched a lot of, man, there must be some, really some bad ones. Cause this is, it certainly rides middle of the road, yeah. like almost as though that's part of its operating instructions. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> we are a six. Yeah. You know? and that, and like, it stayed yeah. consistent. Yeah, it's like, yeah. a, it's like <laughs> imagine like a dating thing where the guy's like, I am a solid <laughs> six. I will show up. I'll be on time to the date. The conversation is not going to be great, but I will be there. Let's just get right to the wedding. You yeah, just yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not going to be like, you know, super hot, heavy in the first few months and then just be a jerk the rest of our relation you're yeah, gonna get six all the way, all the way. <laughs> we, we we have a spin-off series uh sequel failure and there's we've done a lot of terrible movies for that movies that like they, they went into it being like we're gonna make five of these and the first one came out and they were like nope never mind like it lost a ton of yeah money. what we talked about like was because of john carter is like the only one yeah. that ever comes to my mind when yeah I think of that. uh battlefield earth with uh oh, with God. john travolta Mystery Men wanted John Carter. John I can't believe Mystery Men was one of those that they were like, yeah, this is a three Oh, yeah, or they four. talked about they wanted to make some sequels to it, yeah. but then they just they couldn't get the characters to work well with each other. Waterworld. Waterworld. Oh, man. Classic. How much did that movie oh, cost? Oh, they're going to make another Constantine. They are, yeah, yeah. With, with, the, Which, uh, yeah. with Keanu Reeves. And that was Keanu Reeves' like, dream, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He uh, was the one who got that it, it got made because he was on, like, uh, what was it? Some um, show, right? Like, The Tonight Show or something. Mm. And they, and I think it was, like, uh, Stephen Colbert was like, what movie? Well, like, yeah, that's What it. character have you always wanted to return to that you never got a chance to? And he was like, oh, I really love Constantine. And then, like, the audience was like, yeah. And the executives were like, all right, let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> we got this the whole wick wave we can ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, time for a haiku. Exhibits wake up. Monkey piss is so funny. Turn me into wax. Yeah. Wow. They do always finish. You've only been doing that for what? Maybe the last year? Yeah, last year or so. Yeah, yeah. just finishing up with a haiku. Monkey piss. <laughs> Monkey piss. <laughs> Sean Levy, if you're ever listening. <laughs> Huge fan. Thank sure you so much for your time. He's, he's our number one fan. <laughs> Monkey piss. All right. Well, thank you, you for listening. Uh, Tyler, thanks for coming on. So, oh, this was the blast. Pleasure. Yeah. Definitely have you back. Yeah, we'll figure out some something else that you're interested in. I'm into yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Think of a, think of a this is, series oh, yeah. you want to do. Well, it seems like there's quite a few that you haven't done. There's a bunch. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> yeah. Back to the Future. Terminator. Oh, we did do the Terminator, yeah. Oh, you did do yeah, Terminator. We did do Terminator. No, we haven't. I thought I saw it on there. That was on the To Watch panel. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I no, guess we it's just... still have to do Terminator. At one point, we got kind of lazy, and we're like, let's just knock out some of these like three movies trilogies. Yeah. It's like, it's mm. it's hard when we're like, oh, we got to watch seven movies and write down notes to all of them, and then I got to. I think I think you guys got to have a conceit on the show where like 
there like it's a trilogy part one part two like, part three like whatever it is like we, terminator and then and then you do it like a prologue or yeah, some kind yeah. of thing like where you're like and then larry ellison's daughter came in and like just made a bunch <laughs> with, just the, with the woman from the game franchise. of thrones and yeah. like nothing you know it was a whole thing and then you know time went forward right and then like who knows like if uh, arnold's gonna decide to do one more in like 10 years like i'm sure i'm sure he will he's just like the entire episode <laughs> Kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He plays like that. Uh, what's that thing like from the Tom Hanks movie where uh, from Big, where he's like, like, just giving like right. <laughs> he doesn't have much moving to do. He just sort of like you will go to the. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. For more podcasts like this, check out everything over at neozaz.com, and you can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook, Twitter for now, Mastodon in the future, and Gmail. <laughs> Stay tuned, and we'll be back in the next episode. Try anything funny. I once went nine rounds with John L. Sullivan. Do you want the job or not, Snack Shack? I ought to punch you in the nose, Hopscotch. Keep a lid on it, Butterscotch!